You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we were talking about doves in a dovecot and designating them before Yom Tov for eating on Yom Tov or for slaughter on Yom Tov. And when we started this topic yesterday, I could not find a verse to back it up. But I was looking through Kahati today and thank, of course, Kahati very reliably gave us the verse. It's from um, it's from the Pasha of uh, Bashalach. It's after the crossing of the Red Sea, the first mitzvot related to Shabbat are given. People are collecting the manna after going out into the desert. And the verse there says, V'hayah. They shall prepare what they shall bring in. This is to do with manna, by the way. They're bringing in the manna. But the point is that the verse says, and they shall prepare. And the rabbis learn from there that something that's going to be used for food on Yom Tov has to be prepared or has to be prepared or designated. And that's the really the issue with the doves. And the fourth Mishnah in the first chapter of Beitzah, and we said this whole tractate is really to do with eating and to do with, with designation. This whole tractate is to do with eating. We designated the doves in the dovecot. But what if we find different doves when we actually show up to take them? That's the question that the Mishnah articulates because of course a dovecot is open to the birds to fly in and fly out so the doves that you designate can fly out and other doves can fly in so what are we going to do and the mishnah begins he designated black ones but he found white. when he went back he found white ones he he designated white but he found black ones he designated two. And hey, there were three in the dovecot when he went back. So what's he going to do? And the Mishnah says, Asurin. They're all forbidden. Because in all of these three situations, it's, it's pretty clear that the dove he's found in the dovecot is not the same as the one he designated, or at least at least one are not the same. I mean, in the case of black and white, clearly none of them are the same. But he, if he designated two and found three, well, some other dove has flown in, and of course we don't know which is which. So what are we going to do? We can't eat any of them. Now, if it's the opposite way round, he designated three, but he found two. At that point, we assume they're permitted, because we can kind of reason that, okay, one of the three's gone, but two of the three are still there. Maybe he designated them inside the nest and he found them in front of the nest. And the Mishnah begins by saying, Asurim. It kind of assumes that some other dogs, some other doves have flown in front of the nest. But it makes a concession. If there's no doves around other than those, if this is a doveless area other than 
basically the ones in the dovecot and in front, then we kind of assume that the ones in front of the dovecot have come out of the dovecot and we can eat them. So that's the conclusion of the discussion about doves. And then the Mishnah is going, going to go on to talk about other kinds of activities. And you remember we began with a Mishnah in which, very unusually, Beit Shammai was lenient and Beit Hillel was strict. Usually, Beit Hillel is lenient. We're now going to have a stream of Mishnayot, a stream of arguments between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. But in this case, Beit Hillel are reverting to their normal type. So Beit Hillel are lenient and Beit Shammai are strict. And they're going to start with taking shutters off the windows on off the windows on Yom Tov. And I guess this is a window where the shutters are not hinged. So we can just push back a shutter and open it up. But without a hinge, you'd have to take it off. And taking it off, well, that might be a little bit like building. Putting it back is certainly like building. And we looked at this actually in the Mishnah Shabbat. You know, putting a shutter on top of a building is a bit like completing a building project. And there's a debate in the, there was a debate in the Mishnah Shabbat as to whether we can do it or not. And I think actually Beit Hillel were relaxed in that case as well. And the Mishnah here says, Beit Shammai Omrim, Ein Masal Kin Yom Tov. Beit Shammai say, we don't remove shutters on Yom Tov. And Beit Hillel permit even to return them to their place. Because there's an assumption that if we're not allowed to return them, people are going to be dissuaded from taking them off. And again, people aren't not going to enjoy their festival if they can't have light coming in through their windows. Similarly, Beit Shammai Omrim, not Linata, Eli Beit Shammai say, we can't take a pestle even to cut up, we can't take a pestle, a pestle to cut up meat on it. Now, this is a big, big pestle. It, this must go in a massive mortar. And clearly, this is for professional use. You wouldn't use this normally on Yom Tov for grinding spices. But we're not going to use it for grinding spices. We're going to use it to cut meat on it. So we're going to use it for a permitted purpose. But Shammai say, no, Uveit Hillel Matirin. Beit Hillel are going to let us do that on the assumption that any any sort of tool which could be used for food preparation is effect is is um you could say assumed to be designated. It's assumed to be designated on Yom Tov. Beit Shammai Omrim ain't not nimata orli fnehador san veloyag bihenna. You can't place a hide in the place where it's trodden out. Now, you we're going to slaughter the animal. We don't want to waste the hide. We don't want to waste the height. And apparently the first the first stage of preparation they used to carry out for the hide was to put it somewhere where people would trample on it. That's the first thing they used to do before tanning it. But Shammai say, look, you know, you can eat the hide, but you can't, you, you can eat the animal, but you can't spread out the hide. And... Um, Furthermore, you can't even touch the hide unless there's meat that is edible on it. You can't even lift it up unless there's an olive's, uh, olive's worth of flesh on it. In other words, some minimal quantity of flesh on it. 
reason again along the same lines that if you can't deal with the hide, you're not going to slaughter on Yom Tov. You're not going to slaughter if it means wasting a valuable part of the animal. And people, I mean, it's, I mean, it's interesting. The rabbis aren't careful to think about economic incentives and to think about the kind of financial pressures that Jews may be under. And they won't put people under financial pressure. So Beit Hillel permit. And then finally, and this Mishnah, this last, this last ruling in the Mishnah is absolutely fundamental to how we behave on Yom Tov today. Beit Shammai say, we don't carry in public on Yom Tov. We don't bring an infant or a lulav or a Torah scroll out into the public domain. I.e., Carrying on Yom Tov is forbidden just as it is on Shabbat. Uveit Hillel Matirin and Beit Hillel permit. Beit Hillel permit carrying on Shabbat. But we might notice that all three examples here in the Mishnah are examples of effectively a mitzvah. You have to take care of your infant. You need to carry your lulav to shul. You need, might need to carry a sefer Torah to read out of it. So all these examples of carrying in the public space on Yom Tov these are all related to performing a mitzvah or something we need, and we might just bear that in mind. Finally, Beit Shammai remain molichin chalau matnot lakohem biyom tov. Beit Shammai said, "Look, you wouldn't take challah or priestly gifts to a priest on Yom Tov." Bein shehurmu me'emesh, bein shehurmu me'hayom. Uveit Hillel matirin. Whether they're separated the day before or on that day, and Beit Hillel permit. Well, of course, we're going to bake bread on Yom Tov. So we are going to separate challah. And we have a pasuk, actually, it's from Devarim. There's a priest's portion, which is due from any sacrifice. It's the... They get, the priest gets the shoulder, the cheeks and the stomach. So you'd slaughter an animal, you're going to slaughter it on Yom Tov, because we are slaughtering on Yom Tov, and you're going to bring the those parts of the animal to the priest, just as you're going to bring the challah to the priest on Yom Tov. And Beit Shammai say no, Beit Hillel permit. And Beit Shammai say to them, Amrulahem Beit Shammai Gzera Shava. Beit Shammai said, let's give you a gzera shava. A gzera shava is an, an analogy from a use of a similar word. And in fact, if you look carefully at this, at what is called a gzera shava, you'll see, by the way, it's not a gzera shava at all. It's just a straight analogy. But interesting, the Mishnah calls it a gzera shava, or the Mishnah quotes Beit Shammai as calling it a gzera shava. And they say, look, chala. And priestly gifts go to the priest and Turuma goes to the priests. But hang on, we know we can't take Truma to a priest. We can't separate Truma on Yom Tov. We Separating Truma is part of the finishing off process of getting ready to eat the food. And we do not do this on Yom Tov. 
גזר שבה חלה ומתנות חלץ ומתנות מתנה לכהן ותשומה מתנה לכהן we got two similar kinds of gifts for the priest כשם שאין מוליכין את התשומה כך אין מוליכין את המתנות just as you don't take trumah you don't take priestly gifts and Beit Hillel will disagree אמרו להם Beit Hillel Beit Hillel said back to them לא no if you say in the case of truma which you cannot separate on yomtar if you're um if you're saying this in the case of truma which you don't have the right to separate on yomtar are you really going to say this about priestly gifts and presumably halar as well which you have the right to separate and halakha does actually follow bait Hillel in this case as we as we would expect and in all three of these situations Beit Hillel are lenient and Beit Shammai are strict Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah podcast with Benedict <laughs> <laughs>